This episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you by Grow Curriculum. Grow Curriculum, not just good curriculum, a great strategy to grow your youth ministry. See what a thousand other churches have learned, that when you go with Grow, your youth ministry grows, and so do you. Visit youthministrybooster.com and click the Curriculum tab to see how you can get Grow and Youth Ministry Booster Coaching and Mastermind Network for one amazing price. Let's go. It's episode 127 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast, and it is a good one. Here's why, because some of you have already heard this. Now, no, don't turn away. You haven't heard all of it, but we got to do this episode live on Facebook Live. I know it's a whole weird thing where we're basically doing the recordings for some of our shows with Chad and Kristen and I live on Facebook on some of the Thursdays before the episodes go live the next week because we wanted to have engagement from you all. It's a great tool. Instead of just us recording and hope to hit the right things, we get to hear from you as we're recording it and you'll hear us mention some folks that share their comments along the way. It's just a fun, organic, kind of great experience. And this kicks off a series of episodes for us all about student leadership from the perspective of a youth pastor and of a student. So Student Leadership Month, here it is coming at you, starting off with first one, episode 127. Hey everybody, welcome to the episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast, where we're talking about student leadership today. And this one's really special. Maybe you're catching it live, or maybe you're catching it on the YouTubes. That's right, Youth Ministry Booster is now not only coming to you in your earbuds via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you catch your podcast, but also on the YouTubes, because Chad Higgins... The kids, they love the YouTubes. Though everybody under twenty five is all about the YouTubes. Yeah, they're YouTube and Zanga, Zach. YouTube and the Zanga. That's right. I met all my friendsters on Zanga. I know that's good. That's fair. And so we wanted to make sure that we're reaching all the audiences that we can by posting these things on the YouTubes. And so if you are live catching with us today, give us those comments and those shout outs. If you're on the YouTubes, don't write comments because we won't read them because I don't read YouTube comments. Just a matter of policy. But for those listening, hope you enjoy this episode about student (laughs) leadership. So we're going to spend the next few weeks on the podcast either interviewing people or talking big topics related to student leadership. If you are in youth ministry, you have probably had a thought about student leadership. And it probably was, yeah, students ought to be more involved in the leadership of our youth ministry. But then this is where it happens and it breaks down. What does that even mean? So Chad and Kristen, tell me how you're doing, but also help us get into this question today of how do we maximize student leadership? I think a lot of us would all say it's good, but how do we take it to the max? To the max is definitely where we're going to take this one, Zach. Um, you know, man, I'm doing well. Things are going well. I've had a great week. Um, I am in uh, finals week for some of the uh, the seminary at the I'm seminary, doing. and so it has been a little bit hectic. But it is good to hang out with you guys uh, for sure. I've spent a lot of time in a coffee shop this week. Um, had a great experience that um, I think I ruined someone's love life. Oh, we're going there. Um, oh, I know. Oh, this, this is only this is going oh, on YouTube. Poor Martha. Oh, oh okay. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is this is what happened. I I was at the coffee shop, and this may get edited. Everybody, I don't know. It's about to get real. Her name um, is Martha Higgins. No, I'm. At, <laughs> I see her from across the room. <laughs> no, no, no. I am at this coffee shop. Okay, this week, I'm sitting there. It's there for whatever reason. There's like no music happening in the coffee shop, right? Oh, that's such a weird. It is. Time. It's kind of quiet. Everybody's kind of working. This guy from across the room like 
walks over to this like college age uh, young lady and begins to like make awkward like small talk. But it's like on a Monday morning at like yeah, 10 a.m., yeah, right? Yeah. Like this isn't like late night for the – this is like Monday morning grind and this guy's hustling. He's the only one talking in the entire coffee shop, right? <laughs> he had a Trying lonely pick- weekend, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this will not <laughs> happen again. Yeah. Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> we start Monday and we get a date for Friday. Let's go. It's like self-talk. I love it. And yeah. so uh, we're sitting there like – I'm sitting there working. This guy's the only one in the room talking. And Ugh. and he's like, he he throws out this line. He goes, um, he goes, do you enjoy camping? And and she goes, yeah. Uh, yeah. He goes, he goes, you got to have a really warm sleeping bag or somebody to cuddle up next to. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, like because it was quiet, it was already awkward. I like audibly laughed hard, like immediately when he said that. Like I couldn't hold it back. And then it was just like awkward silence amongst them two. And then they both like looked his at game. Me. It was it was bad. He left and went and sat back down. And I was like, I've I've done my part here. I have secretly that girl was thanking you in her head though. She's oh, like, yeah, How yeah. am I gonna get out of this one? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to cuddle. I don't. <laughs> no. Not with you, sir. <laughs> no, but anyways, Ooh, we uh, th- that is kind of how my week has gone in a nutshell, but things have been great. I'm excited to talk about student leadership for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to dive into this uh, in this episode that we're going to cover a few different things. Kristen's going to talk a little bit about middle school student leadership and, and a perspective Word. on that. Um, Which isn't an oxymoron, by the no, way, I- that can go those two terms can go together (laughs) middle school and leadership my question for you guys right when we hear student leadership that's probably a really broad term right everybody looks at that differently so my question for you guys when you hear student leadership in a nutshell tell me what you think it looks like what's it look like for you Kristen? Great question. So thinking about this the past couple of days, I think the number one word for us is exchange. I mean, we call it student leadership, but the heart of it and, and what the vision that we cast to our students is we kind of take out the word leadership and exchange it for discipleship and sure. exchange okay. it for serving. So the big, big vision for our student leadership teams is serving. And so, in fact, the name of my student leadership team is SOS, meaning Students of Service. Um, And they serve in two ways. First, inside the church, and then they serve outside the church. And we start the year by saying the reason we're so heavy on serving is because if you want to be a leader, you also have to serve. And I mean... I don't have to explain to a bunch of youth pastors how biblical that is because you guys all know the verses I'm sure that I'm talking about. But Seems good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those um, things where it's just like, hey, you want to be a leader? You want to be on stage? You want to be in charge? You want to have influence? Well, first you have to learn how to serve. So... um, so what we do, which has worked, um, you know, in middle school, <laughs> I just want to like say to all the middle school pastors listening is like, yes, it will drive you crazy because this age group is very slowly but surely um, trying to own their own responsibilities, like apart from their parents reminding them and stuff like that. And so 
Um, what I do is at the beginning of the year is I give them a job sheet and there's all kinds of different jobs for all kinds of different personalities. So some kids really like to be up in front. Some kids like to be behind the scenes. So jobs might be something like, Hey, you, um, film, our announcement videos that we're going to show on Tuesdays or Sundays. Um, you get to be a greeter for new students. I'm going to pair you up with new students and you're going to um, kind of show them around, save them a seat, buy them something from our snack shack, that kind of thing. So those are more of my like extroverted jobs or being on the worship team. We do hand motions for our fast songs and worship. The kids yes. love it and it's so fun. I love it too. So it's like a dance party for fast worship. So we have students on stage leading those, but then we have jobs for like our more behind the scenes kids. So maybe a kid who's really good at tech and we let him be in the sound booth with another leader running light sound pro presenter um, maybe another kid, um, you know, they're more of a worker so they can come early and help set up, stay late and help tear down. We have kids who work in our snack shack, you know, selling pizza and soda and candy. You know, there's just a ton of different jobs. And so then I make a job calendar each month with their name and the date that they're scheduled to work and I hand it to them. And I say, it's your responsibility to show up for your job. And if you can't, you need to call me or text me and say you can't make it. So the thing that I'm trying to do is teach them how to serve, but then also how to be responsible for something that they've personally signed up to do. Um, And then we serve outside the church. And so that comes in the form of, you know, service projects and stuff like that. Because at our size, um, it just works a lot better for me to take a student leadership team of like 25 rather than like 125 students. So I mostly do my service through them. Through, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, So... So with that, they have to do a Bible study every month. So I give them, I don't, I don't call it homework. I call it a Bible study. And that's on some aspect of leadership. Um, like mostly a character study. Like we might do the life of Abraham. We might do the life of Daniel. We might do, uh, serving in the life of Jesus, stuff like that. So every month they come to the meeting. We have dinner. We play a game. We do our Bible study, and then we talk about what's coming up next. So um, that's part of the discipleship process, too, is that they have these Bible studies that they're responsible for doing on their own. And that's kind of what ours looks like in a nutshell. And, you know, I the way I say it, it doesn't run as smooth as like, here's, you know, how we do it, and they do it, and it's great. You know, this age group has just a really tough time. Uh, remembering their jobs and stuff like that. But I think at the core, what I'm trying to teach them is serving comes before influence. And that's the heart of it because that's step one, you know, and uh, you don't get to have influence until you're the one sweeping the floors and cleaning up trash or um, cleaning up a mess that isn't yours, which is a like mind blowing, like concept for a (laughs) middle schooler, you know, it's like, that's not my mess. It's like, (laughs) I don't care. Exactly. What do you think I'm doing? I'm, I didn't make, I didn't like barf all over the bathroom, but I still have to clean it up. Right. So, um, you know, I've just noticed when kids have a place to serve, um, now they have a purpose at church and it's just so cool to see them. Even if they don't show up every time, even if they don't film the announcement video perfectly, but when they see themselves as a working part of the body of Christ, it is like, so powerful, even if from our adult perspective, it doesn't look super successful. Um, for them, it's a huge part of their spiritual development and seeing themselves as 
I'm a part of the church, you know, and along with that is shifting their focus of the church does not exist to serve me. And I think that's a big thing of getting these kids outside the mindset of the church exists to serve me. What can the church offer me? What am I getting out of it? And I tell them, I said, that's not why the church exists. It's not for what it can give to you. So um, just changing that kind of entitlement mindset too. Um, But anyone who's ever like, we see Nick said, you know, giving youth responsibility is huge. We should not underestimate them. It's like, absolutely. If anyone's ever done it, you've seen um, the change that it makes in them. And then the culture too. other students seeing students serve is a big deal too. Well, and, and for me, Kristen, the thing that I would just echo and share is like, this is the thing that seems to be the retention factor in high school ministry. And so one of the things that if you were going to measure what keeps a student from seventh grade to like 11th or 12th grade, like more often than not, like, like, like more than one out of two. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a incredible. student is involved in junior and senior year, there's a real good chance they have picked up some involvement in leadership along the way. hundred percent. Because once they hit junior year, they're like, is like youth group boring. Like, I always feel like that like, when you get to your like, junior and senior year, if you haven't begun to see that youth ministry was about growing up younger leaders into older leaders, then you're going to be bored. Right. Cause I, I don't actually know how to entertain 17 year olds. It's really fun to entertain. 14 year olds and 12 year olds with like, Oh, a funny game or a video or whatever. But by the time you get to be like 17, 18, if you're not there for like the content or if you're not there for the community, I don't actually know how to entertain you because everything that you have going on in your life is way more fun yeah. than anything I can put together. Like there's no like between the, the video games, the apps, the movies and the fact that you can drive a car like are way cooler mm-hmm. <laughs> than anything mm-hmm. that I can like structure on a Sunday or a Wednesday. And so I just think that like if, if student leadership isn't a core piece of your ministry, then you're probably you're probably suffering in your high school department and maybe nobody wants to say that but if your high school like it feels like it's disconnected or it feels like there's a really steep drop off after about 16 to 17 years old like that is like like that that is the thing that's probably missing from your ministry Absolutely. which is why i think it's so important to define it and beyond just defining it as like hey we ought to do it is finding ways to really shape it so that it helps to bridge that middle school to high school divide, but also is much more, much more than just creating a certain class of students. Like I I was guilty of it. I'll name it like calling your leadership kids, your core kids or equating your leadership kids as your core kids. Like attending is not the same thing as presence and being there every week isn't the same thing as leadership. And I think for a lot of us, you've got to create a separate opportunity, whether there's an application involved or whether you tap certain people like leadership can't just be like, Oh, my kids are always here. My leadership kids Mm -hmm. false. Some of the kids that are there all the time are actually impeding your leadership kids from leading. (laughs) Like like that is like, it's so counterintuitive, right? Chad, jump in yeah. i need like like am i wrong Is no it right? I, yeah. I think you're, you're dead on and i think a lot of times if if we're not careful we'll we'll equate loud and extroverted with leaders yes. right yep and that's yep. that's a real easy thing to fall into just because a kid is always there and he's loud right and, and those kids get a lot of our attention there are oftentimes kids that are much more reserved that are quiet that when we engage them, they can really step into some great leadership roles because these are sometimes students that are much more organized, right? Yep. Um, much more like task oriented. Th- 
those kind of students that when we can place them into meaningful roles, um, we really get to start to see the church function in some ways, right? And we get to we get to see that student that is an introvert get to use some of those gifts that he's never or she's never seen. Um, as leadership before, right, or as ways to serve yeah. the church. One of the things that I would that I would hit on as we talk about defining student leadership, and we've we've kind of hit around it all this uh, all this time, is understanding and and creating a structure of student leadership that fits inside of the strategy and the mission of your church, right? I think yeah. a lot of times yeah. we hear student leadership. And just like parent ministry, it's one of those things that we feel like we should have this, right? And so we just go out there and we find from somebody else, hey, what do you do? And then we call like three kids serving, you know, pizza on a Wednesday night and one kid in the sound booth, like a servant leadership team, right? Or, or it's just the blanket student council model where it's like we got a group of kids together and they voted on like what the camp's theme was going to be and they like rubber stamp like the t-shirt design and that's leadership or whatever. Like that's that's a team, that's a focus group, but you're not like equipping leaders. Right. Yeah. Well, so Nick Atai here in the chat made this phenomenal quote. He said, many times our schools do a better job of giving kids leadership opportunities than our churches do. And I think that that's very true because I think, sadly to say, I think sometimes our our schools understand the capability of many of our students more than we do in the church, right? And it's yeah. it's one of the phrases that I always use a lot is don't give students menial roles, but meaningful roles, Right. Man, yeah. when we set the bar high for our students and we give them real responsibility and not just the like task of, hey, mute, unmute the mic when I get up there and begin to talk, <laughs> right? right? Hit play on that video. Yeah. <laughs> there are students in your student ministry right now that are much better video editors than you are, um, that are, Word. you know what I mean? That are much better at many, many things than you are. They're more savvy. They're more creative. And actually one of the things that's coming out about this culture review of this generation, Chad, is that so many of them are actually better creators than the generation above them, but they're not better like initiators. Like they, they, they know how to do everything, but no one's ever asked them to do anything. Right. Well, and I think, I think it, part of this goes into maybe this much bigger conversation of what do we see our role as, as a youth pastor, Right. Right, right. What do you, what are you here to right. do? And I think when we start to understand that, like part of our responsibility is equipping the saints, right? That goes beyond yep. just, and it should be this, right? Opening up scripture, teaching them scripture, but also equipping them to be the church, right? And to to reach their friends um, with the gospel message. And I think that when students get past that idea, what you were talking about, uh, Kristen, of just attending church, and they start to realize that they are the church, right? And yes. the student ministry that they're a part of is not just something that they attend and they're entertained by, but it is... Um, the body that they get to join with to um, to shed light into the darkness, and I think that that's that's a really powerful thing for for a student to realize. Kristen, I want to hit and I want to talk to you a little bit about what this looks like specifically for middle school students. What what do you think are some of the like uh, mistakes that we can make when we talk about giving you know leadership students? Uh, our middle school students' leadership roles, and where where do we need to go with this? Yeah, I think um, you know, I 
first starts with our mindset. You know, if you think, um, <laughs> let me just start by saying student leadership will not make your job easier if you're a middle school pastor you're signing up for more work yes (laughs) we're not like delegating tasks now that we're not going to have to do if anything student leadership has made my job harder much harder because Mm. a lot of things would just be easier um if i did them myself um so i think Um, I think first of all, it starts with that mindset. Okay, this is probably the first taste of leadership these kids are getting because our children's ministry comes right before us. So it's they go from children's to student ministry, and we are the transitional ministry. And prior to us, just speaking of our church, there aren't a whole lot of leadership opportunities, um, you know, for fifth and below. Like they might have little things here and there, like line leader or something like that, but. In terms of like being handed a task that they're responsible for, like this is really new territory for them. So, you know, for me, I had to adjust expectations um, that like this is this isn't going to be like, yeah, like my team of people of professionals who know how to do a bunch of stuff, but it was more like, okay, I'm a coach now and I'm coaching you and I'm training you how uh, to do these things. And I probably will have to babysit um, what you're doing. So, um, you know, for middle school, like I said in the beginning, I try to give them really age appropriate uh, uh, tasks and, um, let them choose so that I I want to set them up for success. You know what I mean? And so that's why I let, I try to pick a variety of tasks from the introvert to the extrovert and, a, and a age range too, because I know a lot of churches will divide their student leadership teams up by age and maybe even gender. I don't do that <clears throat> just because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to maintain more than one team if I'm being really honest. Yeah, yeah. So I let sixth, seventh, eighth all be together but we do small groups within that. So okay. like our, our student leadership team meets the first Friday night of every month. Well, we all start together okay. for the meal and the game and the vision. And then when we um, do our Bible study, then they split up by age and gender. So um, I have small group leaders that help me with that. <clears throat> so that's how I can kind of divide them up a little bit. Um, and then for middle school too, um, you just really, really have to include their parents in on it. So I tell the students, it's your responsibility. Like if you're supposed to be at church at like 8 a.m. because you need to set up the chairs or w- go get the donuts or whatever your job is, then you need to be here at 8 a.m. If you can't, you need to text me. So they know that, but their parents also um, are included. So I send out parent emails. I mail the the job calendar to them so that the parents are aware, but the parents are also aware that they're the ones who are supposed to be contacting and, and saying what they should or, sh- or if they can't, <clears throat> if they can't make it to something. So um, it's one of those things too, that it's like, you're just going to have to, um, as you go, especially if this is brand new to you, really adjust what works and what doesn't work. You know, my student leadership meetings for middle school used to be six to nine. And it was like, for middle school, I'm like, this is way too long. Holy cow. I'm like, that sounds exhausting. It was, it was. And I made it long because we were trying to fit in food and we were trying to fit in, you know, all the, like a game and all this stuff. A party. And then I'm like, you know what? Like, 
I hate the first Friday of every month now. Like I don't want to do this. So we cut it back to six to eight and that works a lot better. But you know, just adjusting as you go, um, as you structure it for the first time for what really works for your group. And then to even get on the student leadership team, you know, our students have to fill out an application. Um, and that's not really to say they can or can't join because everyone who fills out an application on time, I don't take any late ones. Um, anyone who fills it out on time is in, I give them the shot to be in. Um, they also have to have like a reference form filled out by a, like an adult who knows them really well. And that has to be sent in to me, but that gives them the first, um, expectation of responsibility. So, um, they fill out those questions, send it in to me. Um, and I'm pretty clear like, Hey, this is your first opportunity to show me you're serious about this team. So if you don't turn it on time, you know, I'm gonna, you know, probably tell you no, like, sorry, we'll, we'll reopen it back up second semester. the, The filtering process is the completion of the application. Not necessarily like if they are like, you know, qualified enough like the the, quali- the quality is a timely application yeah, yep. yeah jeremy uh johnson just sent me this email um about servant leadership teams and, and talking about like your you know form that you would have students fill out and things like this he he gave us a, a look inside of what they do and i think it's really interesting he has their purpose stated as this to create a community of discipleship by serving and investing in other students right and those are the three keywords <laughs> serving discipleship investment that's like yeah. perfect I love it. and, and perfect. so I, I love that purpose right the, of for their student leadership team it's more than just like a task on a wednesday night right but the the whole concept of that right they're creating a community together of discipleship and serving investing in other students right and so yeah I think for us as as leaders, right, we're investing in them as they invest in others. And so he, he has some things laid out of, of what that would look like for their students. They're to live above reproach, um, a consistent attendance, having attitude of humility, desire to serve, um, and be re, being relationally intentional, right, um, and to be lifelong learners. These are these big mm-hmm. steps for, for his group that they would walk through of going, hey, these are the expectations um, uh, that they have. And then he has a list of ways that um, they're able to serve inside their student ministry. And so I think mm-hmm. that when students have that up front, right, and they've gone through this process, um, it lets them know that, hey, this is important for, for me to to dive into. One of the, the things I'd like is to kind of finish on and, and think about that I that I'll kind of start us off with is, you know, wherever you're at in this process as a youth pastor, whether this is already something that you've got going on, maybe this is something you're starting. But for many youth pastors that I talk to, there's sometimes this level of frustration, right? That we've put these things in front of students. It doesn't seem like they're doing a great job. And I think in our next episode, we'll talk more about that idea of what do we do when our student leadership team is failing. Um, yeah. But on this episode, I want us to think about how do we encourage, right, yeah. um, our students to either be a part of this or if they're already a part of them, to continue on to do a great job. Um, and, and I think that this this is uh, maybe uh, it, it's easy and it's difficult all in the same time, right? One, I think yeah. it's knowing our students, right, and knowing what yeah. motivates them. For some of the students on your team, that word of encouragement is going to mean a whole lot to them. And so I think when we take opportunities to encourage those things that are um, 
going in the direction that we want them to go to, that they hear from us, hey, great job, but they also hear us like praising them in front of their peers. I think that that's one of the ways that we create a culture that our students know um, what's looked for, right? And and so I think when we we encourage in those kind of ways, you know, I know for Zach, you've began something that a lot of guys in Oklahoma are doing right now with like some uh, initiative, like pins and things like that, right? For for different students. Tell us a little bit about that, what that looks like. Yeah. So for for us, like it's, it's commemorating. So Brandon Holloway gave us some good cues on creating a culture of like commemorating some of these like leadership moments and then also like leadership involvement. So he actually has, he's been doing it for, several years now and actually has like pins that you earn for your number of years serving in leadership. And I think there's something that comes together really nicely, both with like having a commemorative thing for like, Hey, you are a leader. It's not a high like price or value thing, but it means a lot. The significance is high for your involvement in leadership, but also kind of naming that like, we want you in this because of what it looks like over the course of the life of our ministry, but also the ways in which you both are learning and growing as a leader. And this is, I think the thing that I would share the way in which having great student leadership breeds more student leadership. Like it is going to be, it's most difficult when you start. And I know that you're going to want to give up in the first year or two, because it feels like, Oh my gosh, I'm dreading. Like when you shared that Kristen of like, well, why you dreaded Friday nights from six to nine. Part of it was, it was too long. It was three hours, but it was probably in its early phases. And I think student leadership is the thing you probably should start day one at every ministry job. And it'll probably be the thing that ends up being great last (laughs) because it takes time. Like you have to get students in it, bought into it, through it, and then on the other side of it, pouring back into the next wave of students through it. Like, this is the thing that probably takes at least four years before it even gets good, and maybe even six years before it gets great, Mm -hmm. because it is a culture-defining kind of thing. And I think for many youth ministries, like, this is probably, like, the pivot point between when the student ministry went from being, like, fine like we had programs and teaching and it was fun into like meaningful and significant because you finally given away enough of the ministry that students are beginning to like take hold and own the ministry both inside the walls then also outside in the places they're serving and going but also like there's a culture of like expectation of I could be a leader. Like I, I, I could be a leader. Like I, I see what he or she does and, and I want to do that. Like I, I want more. I, I want to invest because you've created opportunities for folks to like, not only show up, but grow into these other, I mean, if the only people that are ever leading and doing stuff are adults, then your students are never going to lead because they're not adults yet. But if they see a sophomore lead or an eighth grader lead and they're a freshman or a sixth grader, then, oh, oh, I could grow into that. I could do that. I can't be Chad or Kristen because I'm not, you know, 25 or older, but I could be like him or her because they're just a couple of years older than me. And so creating these like tears or laddering down, laddering up leadership is so critical for the success of your ministry. Like I think more than just like, Hey, it's the right thing to do. This is actually like the thing that will grow and build your ministry out. And that's why it's worth the extra effort. And so Chad, I just would say not only encourage like your students in this, but I'm encouraging other youth pastors, like stick with it. Like, this is the thing, like you can change curriculums, you can change program lineups or camps you go to do not give up on your student leadership yet. Start small, but don't give up on it yet. And you know, what's really beautiful. And I keep thinking of this as you're, as you're laying out this awesome vision is, you know, like I, 
not an exaggeration, about 85% of my current volunteer staff are my former SOS kids from when they were in junior high. It is like bizarre that the, the, um, the stickiness of this thing is because they start, they become a part of the church. They love the church. They go to high school. They become a part of our high school leadership team. And then by the time they're in college, they want to come back down and serve where it all started. And so I look around at my my small group leaders on a Tuesday night. I'm like, you guys were all my SOS kids that just, right. you're bigger right. now. You've grown up. And that's one of the beauties, like how you were saying, four years, six years down the line. And that's one of the like incredible um, rewards and fruit of longevity in ministry is, you know, we had a new uh, high school pastor a few years ago and he was asking our, our student ministries pastor, how's my ministry doing? What do you think? What do you think? How am I doing? He goes, I'll answer that question in four years. He's like, I can't Mm. really grade your ministry because this stuff takes so much time uh, to start to see the fruit of. And so, um, man, I just want to just echo that, Zach, you know, just to encourage youth pastors, stick in there because what you're doing is more than just giving a kid like, hey, push this button or click this slide or turn up this music or whatever, but you've just taught them that they are a part of the church. They're not an attender. They're not a spectator. They're not a bench warmer, but they make this thing happen. And that's sticky. They will stay, you know, they will be Velcroed um, to the church body, which is, you know, you see it into their adult years, you know, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome. Hey, thanks so much for joining us um, on Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Um, For our Youth Ministry Booster members, we will talk more about student leadership in our mastermind groups this uh, month, and then also join either Zach or myself for weekly coaching calls as we talk uh, more about this and engage with you even more. So look forward to hanging out with you guys. Love you. Thank you so much for being with us. See you again. There you go. Episode 127 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you haven't had a chance, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We do love to give all of our reviewers and subscribers pins, commemorative pins. Not only are the Youth Ministry students and my Youth Ministry earning pins, but Youth Ministry Booster listeners are earning pins. Like Justin Lucas, 86, who wrote a review that goes like this. Insightful, relatable, encouraging, and interesting. YM Booster is easily one of the best student ministry podcasts out there. My only wish is that I had you guys in my earbuds 10 years ago. Thanks for what you're doing. Justin, um, don't use 10-year-old earbuds, but keep listening, and we're really thankful for your support and listenership, and hope you're doing well, friends. And for all of you in youth ministry world, we love you, and we'll see you next week. I'm going to turn your world upside down. And I'm going to show you things you've never seen.